What do you call two guys that were there when this happened? Back to return at Spurlock. Michael Spurlock at the 10. He's to the 20. He's to the 25. Spurlock 30 to the 40-yard line. We could see history. 50, 40 to the 30-yard line. Yeah. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. There you go. And that shotgun set. Three receivers left. Here's the snap, and the blitzer is picked up. Brady underneath. Caught ball, Evans. He has the record at the 11-yard line. Mike Evans becomes the first NFL player in league history to record a 1,000 yards or more in his first seven seasons and won a throw by Brady. Congratulations, Mike Evans. Who can forget? Again, I'm looking again. Throws up the middle. That's intercepted at the 30. Derek Brooks, 30. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Derek Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. Here's the snap. Mahomes running to his right. Look out. He may run. Mahomes directly. Goes toward the end. Battle of Intercepted. Picked off at the end zone. Bucks are going to beat the Chiefs. We're the champions of the world, and we still have a minute 33 to go. Devin White. What a great second season. That's it for KC. Bucks are the Super Bowl champs. They can't stop the clock. We call them the Salty Dogs. Welcome, everybody, back to the Salty Dogs podcast, and uh, happy Thanksgiving. I'm Scott Smith. And I am Jeff Ryan. And I guess for we do have a number of international listeners, so for them, just, sure. just have a good week. Yeah, right. It doesn't have to be Thanksgiving right, for them. Right. That's it's an a, American holiday. Obviously. I was just going to say, yes. But it, it makes a big difference in the NFL because everybody has to adjust their schedules, and we have the double whammy this week of playing a Monday night. Yeah. This is already a short week, yep. and then you kind of have to adjust for Thursday. Bruce does what most coaches have done in my experiences. He just gets them in here early, gets the work that done they need to get done, and gets them out sure. as quickly as possible so they can spend time with their friends. Yeah, right, exactly. And it it basically is Thanksgiving's on Thursday, which is tomorrow. However, it's actually a four-day holiday for most people. Yeah, that's true. Not for us, but for most people. Yeah, yeah. And, which and is kids, nice. Yeah. Kids, sometimes I think high kids, schools give them the whole week, I think. Yeah, all the kids are off. Yeah, uh, my son just got from back from Georgia Tech Yay. last night because they had classes on Monday and Tuesday. And how's he doing? Good, good. Thank you. Good. Um, yeah. So huh. Thanksgiving, you may be we're we're shooting we're recording this on Wednesday. You're probably listening to it. You might even be listening to it right now while you're trying to to try to keep you awake after you ate too much turkey. Right. Right. And in between uh, a football, football game, games, you know. Didn't one of the three get canceled last year because of COVID? I believe. Baltimore I believe it a, did. Yes, but. Right. So it's good that we get all three games. Yep, it'll be fun. They're not necessarily the most exciting matchups of all time. No, well, I'm not exactly all stirred up for Detroit and Chicago. Well, I know, but it's tradition for Detroit to go ahead and and have their game on Thanksgiving, and it gives them an opportunity to be in the national spotlight. and And who knows? Maybe they'll win a game <laughs> on national TV. It's funny uh, because a lot of these things that we call traditions, uh-huh. um, like the draft is always in New York mm-hmm. and the combine is always in Indy. Yes. Things are a tradition until somebody decides that maybe from a monetary standpoint, well, some other people should. I mean, now they're now they're holding the draft in different cities and, and yeah. teams bid for it or cities do, and they're probably going to start doing that with the combine as well. Yeah. Do you know why uh, Detroit always plays on Thanksgiving? Because it's always been the case. Yeah. Well, it was actually the the part was is the Lions and the Cowboys were the only two teams that were willing to play on Thanksgiving Day. And yep. since and since they did since they they were doing it for so many years because they were the only ones that, in the beginning that only that would play on that, that wanted to play on well, that day. Okay. So now what they did to expand it, what you're saying, they they keep the tradition except they're not playing against each other. Dallas always has a Thanksgiving game. Lions always. Are you have telling a me for a number of years it was always Dallas versus Detroit yes. on Thanksgiving? Mm-hmm. Like what time period are we talking here? 
70s, 80s. Not the 80s. I believe so. I bought my laptop today. Did you? Just go ahead. Because, like last week when we'll I... Find out when the first one was, and then we'll go from there. Okay. Um, let me give you a topic to talk about sure. in the meantime. Okay. Um, so uh, tell me what your favorite thing from the game was. Oh, I knew you were going to ask that. I've got two favorite things. you got things. two. Okay, yes. Yeah. So I, I kind of was going to say, I've got two. I was going to let you go first. But Okay, I'll go first. All right. But you're you're in the process of looking Well, yeah, but up. I can just pause that for a second. Sure. Uh so it's obviously the big, big, huge career moment for Mike Evans. Yes. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yes. What? He now is the leading. No, touch- no, no, no. He he got his first carry. You oh. thought I was going to say a 72nd touchdown. We did have that note. You're right. Yes. It was so funny because he. For, it was our, a reverse. Yes. Well, it's not a reverse. Well, it's an end around. Okay. An end around. For a play to be a reverse, it has to be handed off, then handed off again. Oh, okay. When guys go running around behind the quarterback and he hands it to him, they go the other way. That's an end around. Okay. Okay. So. We'd already won, run one to Chris, which is not unusual. We've seen that plenty of times. And then Mike gets one, and I'm like, is that Mike? Because, you know, he couldn't see his number, but that sure yeah. looks like Mike. And and then I turned to Andrew from um, PR, who's next to me. I'm like, has he ever run the ball before? Because I just couldn't picture it. Yeah. And so he looked it up. It was the first time he ever carried the ball. And you tweeted it, and I used it. <laughs> and he, <laughs> he said uh, later, he said he, he would prefer to run to the right because he likes to have the ball in, in, in the outside. Oh, that the right. makes sense. But he had to go to the left, and it got 10 yards. So Mike Mike Evans has averaged 10 yards per carry in his NFL career, which nice. is pretty good. Nice, yes. That's okay, so, so that was your favorite? Yeah, I was kind of joking. Obviously, oh. the 72nd touchdown was more important. But All right. Mine was Steve McClendon getting his first <laughs> INT, one of the oldest players in the NFL to get an INT. And um, it was great because he just kind of laid there like a turtle and couldn't get up. So <laughs> it's too bad. That he made sure he caught he, the ball. He did. He did. He, he Both hands on it. And that was that was very exciting. Okay, I, uh, Jeff. So okay. The, the Thanksgiving tradition in the NFL started with the Lions in 1932. Wow. They were called the Portsmouth Spartans at the time. Oh, okay. And he bought him and moved to Detroit and okay. renamed them the Lions. And he asked the league to schedule the team a game in Motor City for Thanksgiving. All right. So how many years did that go? They loved the idea, and they set him up against the Bears, who were the two-time division champs. Okay. Okay. And then? Blah, blah, blah. I know. I know. Right. I know. All right. Despite accepting the addition. And then? The Cowboys joined in 1966. Okay. Let's go back to 66. All right. So well, That was the first year of the Super Bowl. Oh. Cowboys. Cowboys. Were not the America's team that they are now. No, they were not very good yet, and this was, and, and so their GM. In fact, the team that left Dallas was who? Do you remember? Do you know? The Kansas City yeah. Chiefs. They were the, the Dallas Texans. Uh huh. I, I know my NFL. Okay. Though. I worked for the Chiefs, by the way. I know you did. You interned there. Uh, so they got it in that year. They uh-huh. played. The, they played the Browns, and then uh, I don't see anything about the third. There's nothing in here about them playing each other all the time. For whatever reason, I always thought that. Well. I mean, I guess you have to look at uh, Thanksgiving days. I, I guess I could just go list yeah. of Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving days. List sure. of NFL Thanksgiving games. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you can go from there. Pro Football Hall of Fame website. Ah, and speaking of which, yeah, David Baker was there, which was really, really nice. His his last official. Okay, so you're you're not even gonna you're not speaking of the thing I said I was going to say when I said speaking of which because oh. you're talking about the fact that David Baker was there to help us honor. Speaking of which, was Hall of Fame. John, how my brain works. Well, I, okay, you're speaking of something that happened a few days ago, uh-huh. and it was David Baker for the Pro Football Hot retiring 
whatever of the what, president or something uh-huh. of the Pro Football Hall of Fame was sure. there to help us honor John Lynch getting into the Hall of Fame in the last class. That's why he was there. Okay. Right? Yep. Okay. I was talking about the fact that just today the the Hall of Fame announced their semifinalists. And we know who is And Rondé Barber was on the Yes. Game, which is good. Not surprising. It would have been really, really bad if he hadn't because last year he was a finalist, which is top uh-huh. 15. So if he just slid all the way out of the top 25, that would be absolutely the wrong sort of momentum that we're looking for here. The good news is, of course, he's in there. He's one of 26, actually. There's sometimes a tie at the bottom in the voting. And so there's 26 this year. That will be pared down to 15 in January. And hopefully Rondé's on it again. And the good news this year is that it's not a year with like a Peyton Manning and a Charles Woodson. Right. Like last year. Yeah. There's lots of classes have at least two guys, sometimes three, that you look at them and go, well, that's a first-team guy. I mean, you can't not vote for Peyton Manning as an example. Obviously, right? He's in. So once he's on the ballot. Do you even have to take a vote? There's only, yeah, there's only five spots. So once he's on the ballot, that's one of five gone. Right? That's mm-hmm. it. So um, the fact that there really isn't that this year. Right. Is, is it's good. It's good. Uh, there are seven first-year guys this year. Uh, let me uh, let me tell you who they are. Okay. Um, boy, there's too much I, dead I, space in this thing. So what far. I was going to say, I thought it was really nice. Uh, if you didn't know, uh, John Lynch uh, received his Hall of Fame ring and also his Hall of Fame emblem. That's right. On the Ring of Honor, and during that time, during John's small speech, he did uh, point up into a suite and say, our good buddy, Ronde Barber, you're coming yes, in next, buddy, which right. I thought was really very gracious. Very, be. very I gracious. Right. So I do actually think, Jeff, that John Lynch being off the ballot now because he made it in is helpful uh, to Ronde. I guess. In one regard, in that last year the voters are trying to vote for five guys. Mm-hmm. And I could see somebody going, when they're having a tough time, going, I'm not voting for two bucks in the same year. Yeah, you know I don't what I'm like saying? That. Yeah, that's, that's not a problem this year. Rondé's the only one. Right. And he's also, other than Eric Allen, he's the only cornerback on the list. And uh, I would put Rondé Barber, I'm biased, but I'd put him above Eric Allen. Mm-hmm. Um, so the other, the flip side of that, though, is the argument you hear people say, all right, you already got Brooks and Sapp and Lynch. How many people from one defense that won one Super Bowl do you want in the Hall of Fame? This is not my argument. I'm playing devil's advocate here. Right. And to me, I understand. I get it. But that's not how you choose. You just base it on the merits of the player. Yeah. And that, and the reason that defense yes. was so legendarily good, it wasn't. I know they only won one Super Bowl, mm-hmm. but they were good for like a solid decade. They were great for like a decade. So the, it wasn't the defense that was holding this team back from winning more Super Bowls. So you can't really penalize them that. If they'd have won two or three, then nobody would be going, we can't have four players from a team that won one Super Bowl. Nobody, right. nobody would say that. They, they didn't say that about the Steelers and all the players from the Steel Curtain, right? No. Like half that team is in the, is in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Well, they should be. I mean, not, no, no question. But, yeah, I mean, that is a, that's a horrible argument because it's you were on the argument. same team. That that argument and the argument of, uh, okay. well, he's a systems I, guy. Uh, uh, that just drives me grits, nuts. Grits my teeth. They and call that's, that's always player. the knock on, on, on Rondé, which is so unfair because if you play in the game, you're a systems guy because it's a system that makes the game go. If you're going to make that argument that Rondé Barber isn't a Hall of Famer because he was just a system player, mm-hmm. then what you're arguing is that they Bucks, if they didn't have Rondé, they could have plugged up plugged in just any other cornerback, and he would have had the same career. And that's crap. That's crap. That's not true. Yes, Rondé Barber was perfect for the system. Sure. He brought out the best of him, but that's not a negative thing. No, because you could take the system, and they did. The Tampa 2 went to Detroit 
when yeah. Rod Marinelli became head coach, Joe Barry, the defensive coordinator, they played the system, but they didn't have the, the players, players yeah. to make it go. I mean, the, ta- the, the cover two has been around forever, and in fact, it's getting a bit of a resurgence, a renaissance this year, uh, because a lot of teams are deciding that the best way to defend against these incredible quarterbacks, sure. like ta- Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes, is to play a lot of cover two. And, the, you know, that was always the philosophy of the Bucks cover two, um, to put it simply, mm-hmm. is that uh, we're not going to give you the big plays. You're going to have to work your way down the field, and at some point you're going to mess up or we're going to mess it up for you, right? We're not nope. going to give you the 70-yard touchdown. Mm-mm. So you're seeing that a lot against Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady and some of the other great quarterbacks in this league. Anyway, the Tampa the cover two has been around forever, but it is now known as the Tampa two uh-huh. because the we Bucks it did it better than anybody Shh. ever did. Yep. And people have tried to do it, again, as I said. And if you don't have the players, yeah, you, you can be can't, good at it. You can't do it. So anyway, he helped revolutionize that position of the slot corner. When yeah. I first started in this league, you th- you would think of, okay, a team has two starting cornerbacks. Sure. And you'd probably play nickel defenses 25% of the time or something. Now that's the prom- the most prominent defense easily for every team is at least three defensive three corners on the field. So the slot corner is a starting position. And Rondé Barber changed what the slot corner was. Yeah. Rondé Barber lined up in the slot and showed you could blitz effectively from there if you were good at it. You had to be a good tackler. He, he's got more tackles than any cornerback ever, according to pro football reference. It's a hard stat sure. to really get a yeah, historical yeah. feel on. But the point is he had like 1,200 tackles, which Crazy. is incredible for a cornerback whose biggest stat that he's known for is he's the only 45-25 yeah. guy in team is- in NFL history. Uh, right. Only 40-25 guy. That's 40. 40 plus picks, mm-hmm. 25 plus sacks. And you can't write the history of the NFL without that. Yeah, I just. And so, yeah, I'm hoping. He's got I, the stats. He's got the big signature moment in Philly. He's got the championship ring. He's waited long. He's got the longevity. Yeah, he's, what's he waiting? I, I what's, actually, it's his fifth years? year. Fifth year, His okay. second, he's only been his finalist one year. Um, honestly, after seeing what happened to John Lynch, I don't think this is right, but I bet you they're going to make, make him, him wait. wait a little bit longer. Yeah. However, as I was saying before, this is a year where the first year guys, you always look at the first year guys. Yeah. Because a lot of these guys like Tony Baselli and, and guys like that, uh, Leroy Butler, have been on the ballot for a while, and they're on again. It's the new ones you look at because those, those are the ones that could immediately take one, yeah. two, three of the five spots. They are, and you, I'll read them in order. I think right. they're in alphabetical order. Okay. And you tell me if you think any of these guys are surefire first ballot Hall of Famers like Charles Woodson was last year. Okay. okay. Anquan Bolden. Yes. Surefire? He's a first-year guy for first-year first ballot guy for you. I mean, he's great. Don't get yeah. me wrong. Keep. Okay, well, you will go yes. I would go no on that one. All right. And obviously, all these are great players. I'm yeah. just saying. No, whether they, it's first round, do you, you read get it and go? Well, yeah. that guy's clearly getting in for it. Devin Hester. No. Andre Johnson. No. Robert Mathis. No. Steve Smith. No. Demarcus Ware. Mm, no. And Vince Wilfork. Yes. See, I'm not a yes on Vince Wilfork. I okay. think he, that's a bit of the Patriot mystique there. Yeah. I, I am a yes on Demarcus Ware. He's got like something like 138 sacks. Uh-huh. I think he just pretty much was great throughout his whole career. But I don't think he goes in first. You know, Michael Strahan didn't go in first time. Yeah, no, that was weird. Yeah. On this list, to me, Demarcus Ware is the number one. And I 
kind of like Steve Smith too, but there's three receivers here, mm. and there's you know kind of with I'd all take, these guys like I'd Andre take. Reed yeah. and Chris Carter. It just takes a few years usually, sure. unless, unless you're Jerry Rice. Yeah, and not saying that they don't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. What we're talking about is whether you get on the first ballot. I'd be fine with all of these players in the Hall of Fame, but I would rank them to Marcus Ware first, and yeah. probably Steve Smith second. Probably a little biased on Steve. Smith. So w- the way you go, then that's uh, that's pretty. Pretty good. I mean, I'm, what I'm saying is it's a good year for the uh, voters to maybe clean up a few things, get a few guys in that have had to wait for a while, but uh-huh. they want in, okay? Mm-hmm. There's not there's not as much of a crunch. No. Boy, we really got off topic there, because I wasn't intending to even talk about that. No, but it happens, and it's good. So we, I jokingly said the big moment for Evans was his first career run, but obviously he caught his, well, his 71st touchdown pass, yeah. but 72nd touchdown overall, and he kept the ball. Yeah. Well, what I liked he is, that, yeah, that was my other next great moment was in so much the play itself, but afterwards as he goes up and he goes and then he shakes his head no. What I want to know, and I probably should have asked this before we started recording this, is I should have talked and said, okay, how many people had to tell him not to give the ball away, and did they tell him in the huddle, it's coming to you, don't give the ball away. But it was a great catch. Well, it was. Uh, I saw somebody break it down, I don't remember who, and... Um, <clears throat> They, Chris Goblin was on the top side, right. and they doubled him. And then it looked like Mike Evans might get a double team, too. And by that, I mean he's got a corner right on him. He's got a safety over the top. Um, and they could sort of shade him both left and right. Yeah. But then Cambrate went in motion, and then when he came off the snap, the safety followed him. So Mike ended up with man-to-man coverage, and he really didn't even get open. He just ran in the end zone in front of the guy covering him and turned, turned around. around. And Brady just went, zip. You can't, you you can't, can't defend it. No. No, and the fact that it zips so hard, that's not an easy catch yeah. either. Well, that's true. So, good, I think good if stuff. I saw that coming, I'd just try to get it. You know, I wouldn't try to catch it with my hands. I can well, I, I know they I, say don't catch it with your body. body yeah, on yeah. well, you know how hard Tom has been throwing because of the one that bounced off of Mike's chest. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know if he knew that ball was coming. Yeah. We, we were trying to decide it because it's not too often Mike Evans is going to no. have a ball thrown between the one and the three and not catch it. Yeah. So, um, but okay. it was good. It was a good stuff. Good game. So before that game, well, here's here's something I would say. Sure. How did you feel going into that game? Because we've talked about this the last couple of weeks. Well, I I was a little concerned because I was not happy with uh, you know the New Orleans game. I thought that was a game that you you, you know you, you you hurt yourself really badly with penalties, and then the Washington game really frustrated me only because. I didn't think we followed the game plan that would would win. Yeah. And and so even though there were opportunities to win, you give up a 10-minute drive, it was just kind of like, gosh, what's going on with the defense? Hey, so, uh, you're telling me how you felt about what happened in the game. What yeah. I meant was how did you feel going, going into it? Because of that, I thought they should win, but I was like, mm, let's wait and see. Because on Sunday, watching games on Sunday, it was crazy on all the different upsets. Yeah, let's get to that in a minute. But what I was saying was, uh, and I said it on the air you in, did. Your, in your interview, I said I yep. had a very good feeling about this game. You did. And on the radio beforehand, you said yes. Also said in our podcast last week that after the Washington game, which for all the reasons you said, absolutely was frustrating and hard to handle. Mm-hmm. But you felt good. I didn't feel bad. We no. were talking about it on the podcast. So yeah. like, I don't think these are, no these are systemic problems that we're going to have to worry about. I think we're going to be all fine. Right. Uh, and I just felt calmer than I have in a long time going into that game. Uh-huh. And they kind of just, I mean, it was close for a little while, but it yeah. wouldn't have been without that fluky pick yeah. off Mike's hands. Yeah. Yeah. And so I I just, and then it just kind of, you know, 
And eh, we just kept beating him. And, never really had a shot. And Scott is so modest that after the game was over with, when, when he first saw me, the first thing he said to me was, I told you so, three weeks in a row now I've been I right. Know, and I've been and right. I said, yes, we're going to bring it up. So yes. big props I was, to you. I I'm was start worried. Li- you know what? I'm going to start listening to you more. I was I was. Didn't have a good feeling going to New Orleans at all, probably mm. just because that's been a problem for us, the Saints. Yeah. And I was worried, but I didn't have a good reason for it, really, except that I thought they they matched up with us pretty well in a couple ways. I was worried about Washington. Yeah. I wouldn't have been surprised at all if we'd have blown them away, but I was worried going into the game, and those fears were realized. Yeah. Something else I said on your radio. Uh, on the Buccaneers end. radio network, you can say, or the Bucks broadcast. Go ahead. It's your radio. Well, it's true, but continue. So we were, I was asked about Sean Murphy bunting. Uh-huh. And did, how much did I think he would play? Because Coach had said during the week. You know, maybe 23 plays. Well, we're bringing these guys. Him and, and when we bring Carlton back, we're going to uh-huh. make sure we don't overload them. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll manage their work. Ease them in, see how they are. So I told Ronnie and John that he said that. Uh-huh. And I said, but you know what? I don't know. I think <laughs> you get into the game, and if he's playing well and he's feeling well, I wouldn't be surprised to see him play a lot more than that. So you know he, how many snaps he played? Yep. All but one. I know. He, and t- today during his press conference, he said he felt like the battery. Yeah, the energizer. Energized. Yeah, he said he, he didn't feel tired the whole time, and so he was playing well. Yeah. Talk he about having good. talk about having fresh legs. I mean, definitely were there. But uh, it, it, he certainly seemed – I don't know if it all gelled together because of this, but two things happened in that game that seemed to have changed this team, and that was him coming back and yeah. Gronk coming oh, back. Oh, yeah, that, we have to talk about that. And so it, it, I don't know if it's a mindset. I don't know. It's interesting. The Gronk thing is not a mindset. No, well, there's definitely a comfort zone, and boy, the, he 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 is. The, he makes uh, a difference. The the difference that Gronk makes, and I think I might have read, rattled off the numbers. I don't have them in front of me, but okay. So before he got hurt, basically in two games, because he got hurt after just a couple catches in the Rams game, he had something like 16 catches for 180 yards and four touchdowns. Uh-huh. Now, when he goes down, the Buccaneers still have two good tight ends yeah. in Cam Braid and O.J. Howard. But whether it's because of the way they play or their connection with Tom Brady not being the same, the two of them combined over the time that Gronk missed barely had the same amount of production that Gronk had in his first two games. And then he comes back, and he immediately has six catches for 71 yards, but also Cam and O.J. make some big plays. So the whole tight end position works better when it's revolving around Gronk. It's good for Cam, and it's good for O.J. Uh Cam's played well. I will give Mina Kimes of ESPN credit for what I'm about to tell you now, right. because I just happened to see this tweet of a video they shot for ESPN NFL Live, I think. And she was showing and explaining how when Gronk is on the field, or in this last game when Gronk was on the field, we averaged 6.2 yards per play, and when he wasn't, we averaged 4 yards per play. That's a pretty big difference. It's huge. And then I don't really know how they um, devise their total QBR number. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of pr- pr- proprietary, so you don't get to see this is what goes into making that sausage. Right. But it's a, it was a lot, it was like 80, which is really good when for Tom when Gronk was there and 57 when he wasn't. And part of it is uh, the Buccaneers when they have that too high safety. One of the things you want to do is work the middle of the field, and Gronk is just really good at that. Hey, do you know what people don't understand? And and of course they they can't understand it because they're not there. But when you stand next to him, he is huge. Right. And you see him on the field, and you and you kind of go, oh yeah, it's a big guy because it, it 
But he is a big guy. When he walked and did his press conference, I was like, "Dang, mm-hmm. he he is." And I think that makes it that that's a huge target and yeah. a big comfort level for TV twelve. That's clearly part of it. Oh yeah. The 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 thing that Mina Kimes was emphasizing was the Brady, as we were talking earlier. Brady sure. and Mahomes and guys like that are seeing a whole lot of cover too. And we knew we were going to against the Giants because that's what they do anyway. Yeah. Uh, but we. We look at the difference between the Washington and this game. We're just much more well-equipped to attack that type of defensive look when we have Rob Gronkowski. Yeah. It's just a fact. I um, I think it was Carl Banks of uh, Giants Radio said that if the Giants go into this game uh, with their defense saying, Ben, don't break, they're going to die of a thousand paper cuts. And they did. <laughs> and they did. Let me put a number to that one. Do you know what successful plays are? Do you know how they're defined, like NFL next-gen stats? Mm-hmm. Okay, so a six, for anybody out there that doesn't know, they have defined successful play as if it gains four or more yards on first and ten, if it gains half of what you need for a first down on any second down, and if on third or fourth down it creates a first down or a touchdown, which is also a first down. So if you fit any of those criteria, it's a successful play. The Buccaneers' first 17 plays of that game, including all 16 in the first quarter, were successful plays. Every single one of them. Jeez. Most of it was like a six-yard catch and run, uh-huh. an eight-yard run, but then there was like a second and three, and Fournette only got three yards, but it qualifies because he got the first down. Yeah. 17 straight successful plays. That's good scripting, Jeff. That's Jeff, great. And that's good execution. It, it was fun to watch that first drive. So Carl you Banks just, was absolutely right. Yeah, and I kind of laughed when, when I when – I heard it before the broadcast, before our broadcast, and then watching it, it was like, okay, he, this is going to be that kind of night. But it's like you said, it was a close game, and then it kind of just, you know, went apart. And there's nothing wrong with when you can uh, rush your starters on offense, towards or most end. of them, at, yeah. towards the end, yeah, with with some time to go. I think it was interesting, and I was trying to figure it out. Uh, the Giants had the ball and there was like 10 minutes on the clock and you would, I, I didn't know what they were doing because they were not in a hurry, whether they, they were trying they, to score or to kill the clock. I don't know what it was, yeah, but well, obviously they didn't really have any good ideas no. on the offense because they fired Jason Garrett. Well, yeah, but after. we all know how that goes when, you know, you, find somebody, you, you find somebody to blame and yeah, it's not, you know, it's, I, I get it where someone all of a sudden is like, Oh, it's, it's the offensive court. How much are you going to change? How much are you going to change? And well, seven games left, you know, maybe change the play calling or how it goes, but still the same offense. Well, as I was, and reading, you still got the same players. I was reading a good point yesterday. Is like when you when you have an offense that's struggling so badly, like the Giants are, it's all intertwined. Mm-hmm. So is Daniel Jones bad? Yeah. Is he never going to be good, or is or, he not developed because it's not a good system? Mm-hmm. They haven't put the right players around him. Mm-hmm. The offensive line hasn't been very good, or is Daniel Jones just bad, and that's why some of the other players aren't right. performing as well. It's, right. it's or hard is, to tell, but it's easy to say, or, well, let's get rid of the play yeah, caller. Or is the O-line not doing well, and that makes all of it. Yeah, you, well, you know, everybody else is yes. good, but the O-line is struggling, and you're having that. I so. didn't think our pressure was all that acute. No, no, I had a couple sacks, but they were late. Yeah, yeah very late. Very, very late in the game. Anthony Nelson and Cam Gill. And yeah, how about that? If it, It's, it's, it's kind of like... Um, Dave Moore made the comment that if you were in a bar and placed a bet on who was going to have sacks in the Buccaneer game, right. those are two names that were not coming up. Yeah. Well, how about if you said, okay, give me the name, the names of the two Buccaneers who were going to have the 
two longest runs yeah. of the game for you. Yeah. And would you have said Tom Brady and Mike Evans? <laughs> no. But what I, I, you know, that was my other, I had one other favorite. Uh, Tom's run. But not, not Tom's run, Tom's slide. And the reason why I liked it is it looked like he was stealing second base and going into second. You know how you do that little hop before you get into uh-huh, the yeah. – he did that. So well, I like that. Was I, it a I pop-up like, slide? Yes. I used to do he didn't, Well, slide. he didn't come back up. but he got, I guess you really can't. He, yeah, he jumped. Yeah, he, he did he that little hop. He jumped into the slide. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't want to do a pop-up slide. No. The great thing about a pop-up slide in baseball yeah. is that – if you're safe and the ball gets away, you're standing up and you can go to the next right. base. And you kind of need to hit the bag with one of your feet to create that pop-up motion. Don't really have that on a football field. And also, if you're sliding to get down as a quarterback, you don't want to be popping right up. Because no. somebody that's trying to jump over you is now going to kill you. Yeah, but that was that, – that was, uh, I, think he, I think he surprised himself of um, – Running and getting the first down and all, because he got up and it's well, like, Yo. yes, and he had a non-PG uh, little uh, yeah. thing to say afterwards. Yeah, if you, if you heard the mic up. No, I didn't hear the mic. Yeah, up. what was uh, his usual? Let's go, but there were some other words in there too. Uh, the big F word. You know what I just realized, Jeff? You didn't read your Beefo Brady's thing at the top. Oh, you know do you, what? Do you want to edit that back in later? Um, no, we'll just, we'll just, I'll just do it now. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. You guys, we're sponsored by Beef O'Brady. Yeah. And we've been talking about them all oh season. Oh, my gosh. I am, yeah. I got you started right away on Thanksgiving, and I and I. Uh, you did. You threw me for a loop. Yeah. Well, you know, when you're thinking of wings and beers, beers and wings, nobody combines them like Beef O'Brady's, and you can start with the award-winning, traditional, or boneless wings in a variety of sauces and dry rubs. And, of course, you got to have a good brew with your wings, and Beef has all your faves on tap. Beef O'Brady's, where game time meets beer time, wing time, all the time. Good call. Look are at they you. Open on, are they open on uh, I Thanksgiving? Don't, I don't know. I don't know. You know, know. because i got to be honest, if somebody brought some Beef O'Brady wings to a Thanksgiving feast, you would I would not be right. upset about you'd, it. You'd be all in. Huh? I wouldn't be like, that's not traditional. Get that out of here. No. Fried. I wouldn't do that. It would be good because it would be fried, so that would be uh, legit. Well, I mean, I, I think I'd rather eat that than a piece of turkey. Yeah. Really? You're not a turkey I'm more fan? about the sides when it comes to Thanksgiving. Stuffing and things like that. Green bean casserole. Ah. Ah, green bean casserole. I haven't had that in years. Okay. You're not doing Thanksgiving right then. Uh, I'm down. Um, so, okay, yeah, love your beefs. Thanks. Yep, appreciate it. Uh, sorry, Joe. That's all right. We're a little late there. Yeah, we're only 29 minutes late, but it's good. <laughs> <laughs> we're mixing it up, as they yeah. say. It doesn't necessarily have to begin in the beginning as long as we do it. So, so the defense was yeah. good. They're, Obviously, they gave up a two-play touchdown drive after mm. a turnover. Yeah. And otherwise, they gave up a field goal. Right. And they really weren't threatened a lot. Mm-mm. And they held the Giants to one of nine on third downs, which was the critical thing. Yep. We talked about that on your radio show, too. Yep. And, you know, obviously 11 of 19 the week before against Washington. And that was one of the things I said when I said I wasn't worried is that I just don't think that's going to happen a lot. Right. And they shut down the run. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, they're they're actually their yards per carry is like 5.1. It's just Mm -hmm. they stopped running for obvious reasons. And we didn't let Daniel Jones get out and go crazy. Mm, Nope. That was good because that guy can really run. He's fast. Yeah. Very fast. So anyway, um, you know, we held them to 3.6 yards per play. Mm -hmm. That's really, really low. Really low. And when your offensive tackle is your leading scorer for a game, right. probably didn't score a lot of no, points. No, it's not. <laughs> that was a weird You're moment. You're just kind of throwing that out there, huh? Well, they, they did the trick play. They threw it yeah, to Andrew Thomas. But that was a weird moment because I could have sworn that he reported as eligible, and then the refs came back on and said, correction, 74 is not eligible. 
That's what I was. So when he caught the pass, I'm like, wait, didn't they say he's not eligible? But I assume I heard that wrong. I'd like yeah. to go back and listen. You probably can. The TV copy. Yeah. TV copy. I don't know if it. it's important enough for me to. Well, no, but it's something that make you. Well, I have to check with the. Uh, how about Mike Edwards getting another a uh, another interception? All he does is find the ball. It's a I'm, new role. I mean, you you can't you. I mean, how does he do it? Uh, yeah, well, right place at the right time is part of it. Well, uh, yeah. Catching the ball when it actually comes to you, and this was a tip ball, so it probably wasn't quite as easy. And you know, a lot of our DBs have not been catching the ball when they've had a chance. So, right. You know, being smart, having your eyes on the quarterback. In this case, the ball was tipped, so I don't know how much you give half the credit to Devin White. But um, it was a new role for Mike the last two weeks. He's playing almost all the snaps at nickel. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, obviously it's gone pretty well, especially this past week. Um, So I like seeing them find a way to get him on the field. Yeah, I think they want to try to find a way, too. I mean, I think they they have. Yeah, but I mean, even more so. But it's it's great that... uh, I think uh, I was. I think it was Devin White who was saying who tipped the ball. Devin White. Okay, so so Devin White uh, beforehand during um, the coaches show yesterday that ran. It's also on the on the Bucks app if you want to listen to it. Uh, Bucks Total Access. Um, that Devin White said that he was going to get an interception. That he, he's I'm getting the interception. I'm getting it, and he tips it to yeah. to you know who. He also pressured. Jones on the ball that was intercepted by uh, McClendon. Yeah. So he's continuing to make big plays, even though if he didn't get him he, in his he's, he, he makes the play, but doesn't get across the finish line. He really does want an interception. Yeah. He got his first couple sacks in Washington uh-huh. of the year. Uh, you know, Devin White's playing really well right now, and yeah. he, uh, the Pro Bowl first round of Pro Bowl fan voting was revealed today, and mm-hmm. Devin White is leading the NFC at inside linebacker. Nice. Tom Brady's leading the NFC at quarterback. Uh-huh. That's it for us right now, though. I know. That, I don't understand. But, again, it's just the fan voting. Right. Which is one-third. The coaches vote and the players vote. Right. So, get uh, out I and don't vote. Think, I don't think Ali Marpet was that high in the voting, and I don't think he makes the Pro Bowl if it's just fans. No. But, hopefully, when the when his peers start kicking Yeah, in. and that was a scary moment. You bring up Ali Marpet when he went out. That was kind of a little scary moment there for a second. Scary? Well, scary, because he left the, into the locker room before we got the actual report. Oh. So, you start thinking, worst Could case. Could be anything. Yeah. Right? It was, no, it, as it, was, it was an oblique. Yeah, which is not horrible. Well, it's not a torn ACL, but it's... I think it's a little tricky one in terms of its prognosis for how long, you know, how yeah. long does it take you to, for the pain to go away? And, for the and, and let's and let's give credit. Stenny did an awesome job. Yeah, and, and somebody was saying to me, well, you know, last year he came in and he played. I go, yeah, he's playing on the right side. This time he's playing on the right, left it's side. A that's a new job. That's a big deal. Well, and also he just, we we had reason to be confident yeah. in him after last year's playoffs. It's, it's funny because, you know, until, and maybe he still will continue. All five of our offensive linemen, I'm knocking on wood, had started every game. And you know from just the teams we've played that that's not real common around right, the league. Right. There's, a lot, there's been a lot of offensive. I don't think we've gone into a game yet, hardly, where they were starting the five they intended to start. Maybe mm-hmm. the first game with Dallas or something. Right. Um, you know, and so we've been pretty lucky. And so guys like Aaron Stinney, you kind of, I don't mean forget about him, but you don't think about him much. Two and a half, three months in the season, all of a sudden, Aaron Stane is an important player. Right. And that's why you got to have depth. Sure. So, hopefully, Alec can make it back quickly, but until he does, obviously, the Bucks feel pretty good yep. about Aaron Stenny. you got to have backups. 
Got to have reinforcements. Now, if anybody don't, else goes down, don't even go. Don't even. Uh, now you're talking about Robert Hainsey. Yeah. I mean, if it's on the inside or Nick yep. Leverett. So, it's it's amazing how names that you don't think about much suddenly become very important. Did you have you worked all your topics that you wanted to work? No. Oh, okay. Keep Why, going. What do you? What no, do you no. Mean? I just. Are you ready to get out of here? No, no, no. I'm, we don't have a guest this week because no, it's a short week. I have all day. It's a you know it's the Thanksgiving week. They're going to be yeah. out here quickly tomorrow. So we thought, eh, no guest this week. Yeah. I saw something. Okay. That I have not seen in a while that recently I had realized don't seem to happen very much anymore. Do you remember, and I feel like it happened a lot in the 90s, I feel like Sam Weiss did it a lot. You're you're lined up for a really long field goal. Uh-huh. Like you're lined up for at the 40 for a 58-yard field goal or okay. something. And it's, that's what it looks like. Sure. But the, and then so the, there's no return man back there because mm-hmm. they're, they're in field goal block. Mm-hmm. And then the snapper just snaps the ball directly to the kicker, and he pooch punts it. Yeah. When's the last time you saw that? I, I feel like Sam Weiss did that all the time. Maybe. I, yeah. I saw one this weekend, and I, I, I wish I'd written it down because I can't remember which game it was, but somebody did that. It's a, it's a cool strategy. If you, if you really don't want to kick a 58-yard yeah. field goal, part of the reason probably why it doesn't happen that much anymore is teams are willing to let guys try 58 and 56-yarders because sure. they're making them. Yeah. They're making them. So you figure the pooch catch gives you more control than just punting. Well, if you pooch, if you line up in punt formation, they put a return man back there. If you, and then they're also coming after it. If you line up in the, right. um, there's the logic behind it. And if you line you. up in in the field goal and let the kicker do it, then there's no return. So if you yeah. if he can just, he doesn't even have to kick it very hard. He just needs it to kind of roll down, mm. angle it towards the sideline, and hopefully roll inside the ten. Speaking of of kicking, wow, was our kicker on? Target. Uh, he made them all. Oh, how about the one he put out at like the ten yard line? Just, just oh, the punter. Yeah, the yeah. our punter. Yeah. Yes, he's done it a couple times this yeah. year. That was a fifty-five yarder. If you remember, his very first punt of the season was something like a sixty-five yarder that went out at like the two. I know it's crazy. And then we had him on uh, on salty dogs. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's just you just shake your head, but but yeah, that's how you you really you don't think about it until you see some great punts, and then you go, wow! Talk about flipping the field. That's what it's about. So you know that Mike Allstott is our uh, Mike Allstott. Uh, Mike Mike Evans yep. is our all-time leader in just about every receiving category I right? saw by a that. long shot. Uh-huh. And now he's we should obviously give some love to Mike Allstott too, mm-hmm. who was gracious enough to Fair. talk to me before the game he was. about what it'd be like when Mike breaks his record. And he was there. And, and he was there and competitive. Competitors are competitors, but mm-hmm. one of his main points to me was he's glad if somebody's breaking his record, it's a guy that he really admires, like Mike Evans, who is great for the community and great for the team. And they're friends. They've done stuff together, charity events and stuff like yeah. that. So it's good to see the torch passed in that yeah, manner. Yeah, uh, Mike Evans is involved in the community like Mike Allstott is, yeah, and that means a lot. Time. Sure. And then Mike Allstott doesn't own our touchdown record anymore. No. That's a fact. But right. it's not like anybody's going to forget him. This place, the town loves the You're never, ever going to forget the And Mike train. Evans' name is up on the stadium. Allstott's name is up on the stadium. Yeah. And someday Mike Evans will be too. And right. they'll just be together remembered sure. as two of the big greatest sure. players. Yeah. So and 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 it's it, you know at one time Mike Mike Allstott was the scoring machine for the Bucks. They they weren't scoring a ton of points. He did it in a very different way than mm-hmm. Mike Evans has done it. Yeah, oh yeah. Thirty eight of his seventy one touchdowns were one or two yards. Wow. That that makes, make, might make it sound like oh well he had it easy, but you no. and I remember the, everybody knew he was carrying it, Listen, and he still scored. And sometimes every, it took two or three tries. Yeah, everybody knew it was going to be Mike Allstott up to gut. I remember the one uh, against Minnesota where he bounced yeah. off like five people and went up the gut and ended up going to the left side because he couldn't make it to the right side and spun back around and it just unbelievable. I don't I don't think that's a, he had a couple against Minnesota. He had another one, the one I always cite where he tried his first effort was to do the leap over the uh-huh. top. 
but he didn't make it. He got hit at the top, but when he came back down, he landed on his feet, so he just went over that way to the <laughs> left, and then he ran into some more defenders and ended up getting twisted around so that his back was to the goal line, and then he just backed Quick. his yeah, way yeah, through yeah, the defender yeah, yeah. into the end zone. And I remembered seeing the highlights. They had a guy mic'd up, or he was near a guy mic'd up. I think his name was Jeff Brady. He was, he was brief here for a while, too, uh-huh. but a linebacker on the sideline just like shaking his head going, I don't remember the words. He was like, what are we supposed to do? Yeah. Like, you can't stop that guy. <laughs> no, so that was cool. I always yeah. remember the one, the Washington two-point conversion in 2005. Uh-huh. Everybody in that stadium knew Mike was getting the ball, and they actually hit him about two yards short, but he managed to bounce yeah. off it and surge forward and just get the ball over. It's one of my all-time favorite plays. So, you know, Mike's are more flashy touchdowns lots sure. of times, but uh, Mike Allstott's were very memorable. Mike Allstott's touchdowns were the old school. Yeah. You 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 know you fought Smash for it. You you know you yeah. it was no matter how many times you got hit, you kept your legs kept going. You kept churning. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. So that that's was, a man's I, man. I brought this Gene up because say. okay, Mike is clearly the number one receiver in team history. Probably mm-hmm. the number one offensive player in team history. Can, do you think you can? Who else is in our top five? Say among receivers. For touchdowns? Uh, let's start with receptions. Okay. Kevin House. Actually, no. He's all the way down at eight. Really? He's fifth in yards. Okay. Wait. He's third in yards. So, you know, because he was a big, like, 15, yeah. 16 yards per catch. Right. So, the, okay, I'm not going to make you go through all no. this. No. My point being... Chris Godwin is already a top five receiver in this in this franchise's history. Well, I was just going to say there was a we have a, a the communication department puts out what to look for in a game, and there were like three or four things for Chris Godwin. He needed one more catch to become this. He needed six more yards for that. Mm-hmm. And so as the game was going on, I was highlighting, highlighting, highlight. Finally, we got we went to a commercial break, and I walked to Gene and I took the book and I laid it down. I go. Here, these are all the things he we, did them all. <laughs> we, we need to hit this right now coming out of the break, yeah, he, and he did. We had like extra 20 seconds and 30 seconds, and right there, he hit them all. Well, I was tweeting about it all the whole day, yeah. but he was they were falling, so I'd, I'd tweet one and then he'd break another, he'd break another one. So, well, yeah, by the time I would figure out he where yeah. he was, he broke another one. So, so to, to, to enumerate it, he passed Thunder and Lightning, mm-hmm. work done, and Mike Allstott leapfrogged them both into fourth place in receptions, wow. and he only needs 15 more to pass Mark Carrier to be third. Wow. We have, so we, in, a, in a week or two, we'll have two of the top three receivers in team history. That's crazy. He also passed Jimmy Giles uh, to move into fifth in yards and is only four yards behind Vincent Jackson to move in fourth. And, you know, if he plays at least one more year here, he will catch Kevin House and Mark Carrier, yeah. and you'll have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin as one, too. Mm. Mike's way out ahead. Way, yeah. Wow. Pretty impressive. It is. It is. And you start thinking about it. And, you know, how many years has he been playing? Five. Yeah, that's pretty remarkable. His first year, his rookie year wasn't all that productive. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think we still had, do we still have Vincent Jackson then? Yes. We had Mike Evans. uh, Obviously, he was your number one. And he was was that third-round developing guy. Then he caught his first touchdown pass in the very last we won. We beat the Saints or the Falcons right at the end on the, the, you know, the other, the other thing, uh, you know, you talk about Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, you know, they're kind of like finesse players, but they block really, really well. well. They block like, and that is not always the case with wide receivers. Chris Godwin is so good at blocking that, you know, when you talk about receivers blocking, they're often talking about how when they block out on the edges, 
it's important because if the running back gets that way, they can help him get more yards. Mm-hmm. Now, Chris Godwin is directly used in our blocking schemes lots of times. Yeah. Sometimes I can go, oh, well, this is a run to the right yeah, because they'll motion Chris over to the right. Mm-hmm. And then right as he's getting to the end of the line, they snap it, and he has to block like a like a defensive end or something. And and talk about toughness. Mike Evans took a shot in the back, yeah. goes to the sideline, sits down. They put a little bit of ice on it. One play goes by. He's up and he's back in. in. I was, now, I was some, worried. Someone that has back issues like I do, I, I don't – because he had the walk. I mean, there's a – Oh, I saw the I, walk as he came off the field. I, You see that walk? I, that's back. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you I saw know. Yeah. And – I was very, very surprised that he went back in. I, but he played. He, yeah. he seemed fine. But he is on the injury report this uh, this The Bucks only did a walkthrough today sure. on Wednesday because the game was on Monday, um, and you're managing their bodies. But uh, it is estimated that if it had been a full-speed practice, he would not have participated right. because of that back injury. And Chris Godwin would be limited with foot injury. Rob Gronkowski is still on the list with a back injury, but mm-hmm. he was full. Um, Antonio Brown still hasn't practiced. Nope. So there's a lot of things being uh, – Worked with there on the among your pass catchers, but I think will be good by Sunday. Mm-hmm. What is a little bit more of a concern? Oh, also Vita Vea will probably be back, which is kind of amazing that he only missed one game. Yeah, and I think we need him for this game. Big yeah, time. you're right about that. And uh, uh, Mike Edwards was limited with a groin injury. Ali Marpet may not be able to play because of the injury we talked uh-huh. about. And Devin White has a quad injury. Got very Jeez. late in the game, and we were just talking about the impact he's making and. Kevin Minner's a great and, backup, but Devin yeah. White's starting to hit a stride. Yeah, and there are seven games left, people. Yeah, seven. Are you saying that's a lot or a little? I say that's a lot. Okay. There's a lot of games left. I seem, feel like we got here quickly, though. We did, but goodness, I mean, I I think because we're still running in that 16 game mode in our heads, but it's not. I mean, gosh, the last game's going to be what January 9th. It'll be here before you know yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost the end of November already. I know, I know. Headed to Indy next. Uh, we should yes. probably wrap this soon, but just a few Wh- words about them. Yes. Um, saw that game. Watched that you game. You did? I did, because uh, luckily enough, I still, DirecTV is still giving me the, uh, the <laughs> ticket, trial. and I'm taking it. <laughs> and um, I did focus on that game. Uh, I, I like the, like I said previously, I, I like to watch the teams that we're going to play and what perfect time to do it when you're on your couch. And holy smokes, they just dominated. And Jonathan Taylor is the real deal. They are very, very high on him. Interesting enough, earlier in the day before football came on, I happened to see Hard Knocks, and Hard Knocks is doing the Colts throughout the season. And episode one was repeating itself. So just on alert, I, you know what, you know, I think I'll take a look at this and see. They were talking about Jonathan Taylor and how durable, how strong, and uh, how smart he is. And that they really are going to ride him. And then he gets five touchdowns in that game. He also is very fast, by the way. Very fast. He got up to 22 miles, 22.0. Can you imagine that, 22 miles an hour? He got up to that on a 78-yard run against, I think, I don't remember who, earlier this season, which is the fastest any running back has run in the NFL this season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he, uh, I loved him coming out in the draft in yeah. 2020. That was the last time we were at the They are very big on him. We do um, mock drafts mm-hmm. during, everybody does mock drafts. Not so we do mock drafts. 
So we're doing a mock draft. Uh-huh. And uh, I had us trading up to 31 after we'd already picked somebody earlier. Sure. Trading up to 31 to get Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. They, they, now, if we'd have done that, we wouldn't have Antoine Winfield, which would stay. Yeah. But can you imagine adding Jonathan Taylor to this offense? Yeah, there was it was interesting because there it was the general manager and the running back coach talking to each other about how much they 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 like him. Um, interesting enough, you know, you, you you look at them and they were zero and three. They lost three mm-hmm. in a row. Yeah. Uh, everyone's that's thinking, how you get to zero and three. I understand. Three in a row, yeah. They the wheels are coming off. This mm-hmm. that Carson Wentz trade maybe wasn't a good idea. Yeah, all of that, and they they put it together. They're coming. They got a six game win streak right now. No, five of the last six. But your oh, point okay. is your point is still well made. I mean, still. Yeah, and then one loss was I think three points to Tennessee. Yeah, was that what it was that their loss? Yeah. yeah, they've been they've been playing very well, and they, you know, as you you can put, pick apart anything, but if you look at their wins to get to five wins, it was a lot of. Miami, Jacksonville. Yeah. Well, Jacksonville beat Buffalo. Yeah, oh, wait, so the did Jets. they. <laughs> but then they go to Buffalo and destroy what everybody considers one of the top AFC contenders in Buffalo. Well, that, okay, it, if that game would have been in Indianapolis, I would have said, yeah, okay, that can happen. But to beat the Bills as bad as they did in Buffalo, that's a good football team. And yet I was just looking for something specific on the Colts. Uh, before we started this, because for something I'm writing, and I was looking for some links, and I found a, some articles from just like two weeks ago, and they were like, "What's wrong with the Colts? Yeah. What's uh-huh. so it changes so fast in the NFL? Week man. to week, week to week. Last so, week people were off the bandwagon on the what's Chiefs. wrong, what, uh, and also on the Bucks. What's right, wrong with right. the Bucks? Oh, they're not the Super Bowl team. You know, that's the biggest problem you have when you bring everybody back. You know that. That's not. I was reading a story about that. I don't know if you saw that. I was reading a story. Was negative about bringing. Everybody yeah, back? bringing everybody back. That's that's the problem with bringing everybody. Was it that it's an older roster that has injury problems? Correct. But it was an older roster last year. Yes. The well, injury- but it's a year older and blah 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 blah. blah. <laughs> Listen, it, it. The only reason I go into some games thinking, yeah, this is fine, but this year, for whatever reason. You don't know. I mean, look at all the teams that lost on Sunday, and would you have thought they were going to lose? It wasn't as quite as dramatic as when we were on our bye week, mm-hmm. and all of the contenders were getting upset by teams that had like four fewer yeah. wins in them. Because this was Green Bay at Minnesota. Yeah, that's that, always going to be that's a tough one. And Minnesota's kind of on the rise, mm-hmm. uh, and it was Dallas at Kansas City. So I mean, yeah. Kansas City. Well, maybe I should say. Not that they lost so much, but how bad they lost. Because well, that, that was well, not a Dallas close. Well, Dallas lost by 10 points. It, that was not a close game. I watched that game, too. Well, Dallas they, just couldn't do anything on offense. And they didn't, yeah. that was. But I think it was a fluke because their offense has been awesome, and I mm-hmm. bet you it's awesome next week. Yeah. The Saints, and we can't complain about injuries, by the way. Have you no. seen the injuries to, like, the Saints and the oh, Packers? Oh, I know. The Packers injuries well, are out of, out of control. Yeah. They, for instance, they just lost Elton Jenkins. They're incredible young offensive lineman who basically has already started at almost every spot on the line mm-hmm. and been awesome wherever they put him. Sure. And I think they were going to move him to left tackle with Bakhtiari out, but don't have that a chance no. anymore. So uh, the, the all- Saints started that game without seven of what would be their anticipated offensive starters, including yeah. both of their stud tackles. Yeah. 
And I think uh, Kamara was out that Kamara game. Kamara was out. Winston's obviously yeah. on was IR. Was Ingram still playing that Ingram game? Ingram was playing, but okay. he's he's uh, he was he's a little banged up too and wasn't practicing to start this well, week. Well, the backers uh, Aaron Rodgers is talking about. He's His got toe. a bad toe. He's got a toe thing, but yeah. not the not the way the Washington's the well, Wall Street Journal thinks it's hurt. There's a big thing. Oh. Apparently, he took his shoe off and pointed at his toe. And oh, is that what during he's... his press conference? Today. Oh, okay. <laughs> Saying that it's for real or what? There's something about. I think he made a joke on a podcast about COVID oh. toe. Oh. And Wall oh. Street Journal ran with it. Oh, like, it, like that's really what it was. Oh, my gosh. Why? Yeah, I'm just glad we Why? don't have to, that circus in town. No. I wouldn't want to have to deal with that. I think at this stage he should just be real quiet about all that. I, I just don't think I'm going to say anything about yeah, Rogers. Yeah, I'm not. I'm done. Okay. Uh, what was I about to say? I don't know. So the amazing thing, you know what the most amazing thing that you would love about the Johnson Taylor performance, Jeff? Is? It was great for fantasy football. Oh, yes. I was thinking, wow. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't have him yeah. on either team. He, was, he scored like 53.4 points. It's funny. We were in the elevator uh, leaving the Monday night game, and for what I, I don't know, we were talking about something about upsets and then us going to Indy, and I made a comment. Just I just went, yeah, I said, boy, they got a great running back, uh, four touchdowns, and all three of these guys go. Five, Five. Yeah, and I go, one. and I turn around, and I go. So you guys play fantasy football? And they <laughs> went, yeah. I thought, oh, geez, you know. I mean, they, these guys were moving equipment. You know, you would not think of, you yeah. know, they weren't reporters. They weren't, you but know, they were keeping up. They, with oh, they teams. knew exactly. Or they, their fantasy team had to play against. And, them. and then, and then the other guy goes, yeah, and he's a Bills fan. He's a big fan. <laughs> so I was like, okay, they're my kind of guys. My my team that had. Um, Won eight straight games and is in first place. Lost this past week. Wow! I just I have so many injuries. Shoot! It's just ridiculous. It's a hard go, isn't it? I mean, that's the Derrick Henry team. Yeah, mm. it's bad. And then Dak Prescott didn't do anything. C.D. No. Lamb got a concussion. Sure. It's been a lot of injuries for me, wow. John. You're struggling. You're struggling. You better. It's you, like. Where? What about your backups? You don't have strong backups. It's hard to keep backups. It's hard to build fantasy football oh. depth, okay. especially at running back. It's just hard to get a lot of them. Wow. And when you get a couple injuries. You're telling me that fantasy football is hard, are you? No, yeah. not really. Okay. I don't. I, I'm not a serious enough, serious enough player. Sure. I mean, the serious players. Yeah, they. I, I'm in two friendly leagues, and yeah, you, you know. just do it for pure entertainment fun. I yeah. like it. Uh, I, I don't want to put in the time it would take to actually no. be good at fantasy football. I think. I think when you retire, you'll be like the your your next career is going to be a fantasy football player. Expert. Yes, I could see you because you love numbers, you love research, and and you're going to have time on your hands. And I can see it. I can. It's going to be out there. It's going to be. I'm worried about that time. Scott Smith wins the championship. You know what? When I retire, and you know, maybe hopefully it's from here. Mm -hmm. um, Yeah. I want to get. I want to get one of the jobs in the press box. Oh. You know, like the announcer, the inside. Oh yeah, sure. I don't think I really have the voice for inside PA. Right. But something. Yeah. Because I would like to go to a game. I'll tell you the job for you. Stat guy with the on the radio crew. That you would be very good there, but you would be excellent for being the stat guy to make the official stats from the stadium. Oh yeah, to be on the stat crew. You would you would be awesome being the heads the head guy for that crew mm-hmm. for the stats because it's as you well know uh, subject to a lot of um, opinions on what's a tackle or what's a sack and whatever. You would be awesome on that. Well, and it would be fun, and it would be a good way. And and uh, you know what? You could do it right at Raymond James Stadium. And, and I could go to the game, mm-hmm. 
and have a pretty easy job. That one's a little more hectic. Yeah, but you would you don't want the easy job. You want you want to be immersed in it and you want to you want to have a, a stake in it, so to speak. Well, what I was going to say is I would really enjoy the experience of maybe showing up a half hour an hour before the game. That's pretty much it. Doing my job <laughs> and then being able to leave as soon as the game's over. Yeah, pretty I would enjoy that. Yeah, pretty much it because <laughs> you're once once the game's over with, you tally the stats and you're gone. Yeah, it goes mean, into the system. It, and yeah, and and it's going at the same time. So it's it, it goes as you yeah. go. So. It, just coincidentally, I just got the email from Elias Sports Bureau oh. about the changes because every week they sure. cuz they review everything. They being the Elias the NFL. Yeah. They they review it and then they make stat changes if necessary. Uh-huh. Lots of times it's tackles like give the assist to this guy, not sure. that guy. Um, we didn't have any mistakes, so good job by our good stat job. crew because yeah. no changes. One of only two games, so I guess they did a good job. Yeah, yeah. All right, Jeff. All right. You want to move on? We don't have yeah. a guest, so we nope. don't have to do a break. We'll just nope. go right to We're the questions. We're at fifty-five minutes, so. So I mentioned I mentioned this to you in the hallway yes, the other day. Yes, this is so funny. If you if you listen to the last one, this is a Seinfeld episode. I had you know I take these, and this is one reason why you may have noticed I brought my laptop with uh-huh. me because if I need to, I can always go look at it. Because sure. I got here, and when I cut and pasted these questions and printed them out, I hadn't added the name, mm-hmm. and I couldn't remember who it was. And you, so, so you took a stab at it. I think I well I know now that I credited the wrong person. Oh. And, uh, so, so you chastised the wrong person? No, it, it was a credit oh. for who asked the question. Oh, okay. So this is from Mike in Connecticut, who, as you may recall, a couple episodes ago had an email where he uh, used the term senior moment, oh, yes. referring to me, mm-hmm. which he later said was a term of endearment, which right. I'm fine with, and I wasn't yeah. insulted at all, right. but to um, throw it back on him, I made fun of him for using First the wrong grammar. Your, your. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I guess I guess I... Supposed to, it was his question that I actually gave credit to somebody else for. Ah. So Mike says, hey, dogs, I just listened to this week's episode. This is Mike in Connecticut, and you, you gave Sam in Tennessee all the credit. Then you <laughs> forgot the next guy's name, which I think was Sam in Tennessee, <laughs> who sent in a question, too. Wow, this is going downhill fast. <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing. I probably should have trademarked senior moment since it seems to be your going go-to defense lately, and I think he purposely <laughs> spore, used the wrong your here. Uh-huh. Uh and I'd be a rich man. See what I did there with the grammar? Yes. Yes. Yes, you purposely messed it up. I like That's it. That's got to be the correct spelling this time. It's not. Okay. Anyway, there's n- you are, you're with a contraction, is you are. Yeah. But I think he's doing this on purpose. I understand. So he says, and since it seems to be you're, as in possessive, sure. go-to defense. Uh-huh. Wrong one. Mm. Anyways, there's nothing new to talk about yet since it's Friday, but I had to give you shit for that. I hope Scott says <laughs> shit again. <laughs> So he made me say shit again. So the Pats won last night, and the talking heads are so in love with Mac, Mac Jones, uh, they can't see straight. Right. Can you imagine the heads exploding if the Bucks and the Pats played in the Super Bowl? Oh. Hope you guys have a good weekend. Enjoy some football Sunday, and hopefully the Bucks beat the Giants like they, like they stole something on Monday night. <laughs> beat the Giants like they stole something yeah. on Monday night. Mike in Connecticut. So the question last week about Devin White and, and Sachs and Tyler Henning. Taylor Heineke? Taylor. Uh, That was from him. Uh Uh-huh. The question about who was our biggest non-division rival. Remember, we were talking about the Eagles and the Rams. Sure. That was from Sam in Tennessee. Okay. Just to set the record (laughs) right. This is Mike here. Yeah, he's absolutely right. If the Bucs and Patriots met in the Super Bowl, it it would be the biggest thing ever. It would. It it might be the biggest game in NFL history. But I will say this. If they're talking about Mac Jones, they got reason to because we saw him play and I've seen him play other than in person, and the kid's, the kid's good. 
he's doing what they want him to do. And what's wrong with that? Nothing's wrong with it. I'm just saying. Yeah. It's hard to judge him against. They tried to get Cam Newton to do it. Do do yeah, that. Yeah. Right. That's so well, and they adjusted an ex- a little bit. Yeah, but that, there's an experienced quarterback, right? Right. And <clears throat> they actually, he beats and he beats him out. Mac Jones beats Cam. I Newton would quibble out. a little bit with the way you present that because when they first got a Cam, Cam, and it was actually going pretty well for like the first half of last yeah. year, they actually were adjusting their offense to suit his strengths, and he was he had a number of rushing touchdowns. Mm-hmm. But he got COVID, came back, and was never quite the same. Right. And and I think they would prefer to run the, the offense the way they're running it sure. now with a guy. Um, you don't have to make running plays for him. He's not a runner. You, um, but he's accurate and, he's, and smart, he's making good decisions. Very smart. He's not. He's, he's not hurting them. Sure. I. I mean, it was actually somewhat predictable because yeah. you could see him in college being this type of player. Is there a ceiling on his talent? I don't know for no. sure. Maybe, right. maybe, maybe he can never be a superstar. But but when you look at him and how well he's playing, and then you look at uh, you look at some of the other quarterbacks that just came in, uh, you know, drafted a couple years ago, and they're struggling. Well, a lot of that, you know. I mean, Joe Burrow. I don't know if it's because he's actually doing all right. He's doing all right, but he's not what you think he is. Now it could be mm. because of the team. Uh, Baker, I think Charles, Joe Burrow has been pretty good. Yeah, Baker like, Mayfield. Baker Mayfield has struggled, but he's also got a lot of injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, Baker Miami, Mayfield, who's uh, Tua, Tua Tonga Viola. Yeah, he's struggling. Well, all the other rookies this year are basically struggling. Sure. But then you look at it and go, well, what is the reason? Is Mac Jones doing well because of the situation that he was dropped into? I think they know mm-hmm. how to utilize him. They were yeah. the, so you're doing saying it the co- right way. So you're saying coaching's well, coaching and then yeah. what they want of them, and also just what are the expectations? Did yeah. I don't think anybody in Jacksonville thought Trevor Lawrence was going to instantly turn this team around. No, but I think he's going to be good. He could still end up being a huge superstar, sure. but it's not going particularly well right no. now. But that's that's fairly predictable. How did Jameis yeah. Winston's first season go yeah. here? Yeah, right? well, and that's that. I guess, I guess, yeah. I, I the hard part is is when you're when you go in as the quarterback as a first round pick or first or the first pick. You're expected to carry the franchise to wherever, and, and you still got to have good players around you. Got to have good players yeah. around you. Got to have a good system. That's very you good. Have coaches very who know fair. what they're doing. Uh, so it's all it's all fitting together very sure. well in New England, and they're in first place now. Yeah, how crazy is that? How if you're in Buffalo right now, going, how did that yeah. happen? This was supposed to be Buffalo's year. Yeah, Miami well, Miami might be good. Yeah, the Jets should be terrible. Which well, they you are. would think Miami would be good considering they went what ten games yeah, last year. Yeah, they were year? good last they year. They were good last year. But so you figure, hey, but there you go. What you did last quarterback year? Quarterback regression. Their defense yeah. reg- regressed. It was probably a little too turnover dependent last year. The uh, the the Patriots are just really good at defense for one thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and, and you know here's the, here's the back to his original thought. It would be explosive if the Bucks in New England would be in the yeah, Super Bowl. Yeah. Let's get back to that. It would be that incredible. would be. I, you know the stories would just write themselves. They might My need. Goodness. You, know, you know how they have two weeks between the last game. Oh yeah. You might need three. Yeah. You know, can you imagine what that ticket price would be on a million second, dollars on the secondary market in, in SoFi? And and you know what? You could get a ton because you're in L.A. and there's tons of money in L.A. Those everybody would want to go. L.A. at that yes. stadium. SoFi. Holy yes. Crap. Can you imagine? Uh, would it, that's a, that's a Hollywood story. <laughs> would it be I, the most? See what, I, see what I did there. Would it be the most anticipated game in the history of the NFL? There's no way to know if it would be the best game until after it happens, but it would be Tom a, Brady versus Bill Belichick. Oh, no question, it would be in the Super Bowl. In the Super Bowl, it, it would basically coming coming off a Super Bowl win. It would basically, you know, it would basically Bill, decide the bragging rights for the end of time 
from the Brady Belichick era. And and not only that, but you're coming in as the defending Super Bowl champ, and you and there's the one guy that's going to stop. I don't. You. I don't. Yeah, I don't want that to happen. No, I don't want it to be the Patriots. But if it is the Patriots, it'll be amazing. You know. Yeah. I don't really know who I'd want to face, to be honest I don't care. I just want to get to the right, Super Bowl right. again. I mean, I don't want us to be playing the Patriots in the Super Bowl, but I'll take it because, hey, we're in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, that was... And we would get to travel. You know, and it, you know, it's it's like someone was saying to me, oh, it's too bad, you know, you didn't get to travel because of the Super Bowl. And I'm like, gosh, it was 18 years between Super Bowls. I'm just happy that we, we're, we're there. And it was won. awesome that yes. we were here because we might not have been able to go. Well, there's that, too, right? All right. Second All right. question. Second question. From our our buddy Alexander Nascimento in, in Sao Paulo, Brazil. Oh, by the way, he uh, he sent us an he, his streak. He needs to start a new streak, and right. this is it. Well, right and I feel, like, I feel obligated to read his questions each All week, right. and he's usually pretty good at them. Yeah, very good questions. Hope this finds you both well. It, it does. Thank you. Mike kept the ball. Yes. And he wrote out Mike with a one and a three, <laughs> like Mike does. Uh, uh. I must say I was a little surprised that he remembered right away. We talked mm, about this already. Yeah. But I guess that's what happens when you become the scoring leader of an NFL franchise. Yeah, sure. I wouldn't know. The most important one, may I add. I think he means most important franchise. Mm-hmm. With Indianapolis running very well this season, do you guys think there's, that there's a more interesting match for our D than an offense, than an offense that does not rely on running? Is this more interesting? I don't know about interesting. Um, it is a good matchup, though. I mean, sure. any team, any defense that had to go up against Jonathan Taylor right now would know uh. it's a huge challenge. But if you do happen to have the NFL's best run defense, which we do again for the mm-hmm. third year in a row, at least you can feel confident that, hey, we've, we're well-equipped to take on this challenge. You're, yeah, he's going to get his runs, but you're going to try to you know keep them limited. So, Yeah, I just yeah. it's going to be quite a battle. It's going to be one of the biggest stories from that game. Mm-hmm. So, since you did, thanks for reading, Alexander Nascimento. Thank you, Alexander. Okay, one more. Okay. Hey, Jeff. Hey. Scott, parentheses. Oh, look at it. Hey, Jeff. And yeah, Scott. because, Scott, you can take this one off, get a breather. Oh, wow. So, you were talking the other day, you, Jeff, about how you read two entire books during the bye week yep. weekend. Mm-hmm. Like Scott, I found this a little amazing. And just to rewind... I'm an avid reader, too. Don't find enough time to do it anymore. Yeah. But even when I was reading a lot, I would never read two entire books in one weekend. Yeah. I'm a fairly avid reader, too. He used that. I think avid reader, like, I think the word avid goes before the word reader more than anything else. Sure. Because I thought it, he said the same thing. But I found that it's harder to keep my attention span focused with so much going on and so many ways to read things. I feel like my book time has been cut into severely by my phone time. Mm-hmm. This sounds like a... Like problems of the modern world. Yeah, I can answer. Go ahead. The other problem is I like to read while lying down, and well, you know what can happen then. Sure. So my question is, how do you go about reading? I think he means do you sit, whatever. Yeah. And do you ever read lying down? And if so, how do you stay awake? No, I don't read lying down, and I don't read in bed. I I read uh, in the family room. Do you sit at a table like holding your book nope. in front of your face? I sit on a uh, on a on a chair with a ottoman, and I put my feet up. So you and, just hold the book. And I right? hold the book, and then I shift over, and sometimes I put the book on the arm and, and lean over. Um, I, I limit my phone use at night. Um, usually check. You're a better man than I. Well, I check. Well, I, 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 after dinner, I usually just check Twitter real quick. Um, and if it's a book I want to read, you know, I, I want to get to it. And um, then I phone stays on the counter i mean it'll go off if something from work or something you know but but no um 
and I can read with the TV on and it doesn't oh, bother I me. Oh, I can't do that at yeah, all. Yeah, I, I, can, I can focus I and can. doesn't. Uh, I like um, this guy. By the way, his name is Colin from Fort Myers. Okay. And he says, I know this is kind of off topic on a, no, that's fine. on a Buccaneers podcast, but it seems like you guys don't mind straying off topic once or twice sure. or ten times <laughs> in each episode. Yeah. So um, I, I, like to sleep, I like to read lying down, too. I've just done that since yeah. I was a kid. I lie on the bed and read. Yeah. So but, you, you do have the danger of falling asleep when you do that. Right. But I, it's not that I haven't, like, almost dropped the book. Uh, you know, it's sitting. Happened. Yeah, uh, but I find it, it. What it does is it clears my mind, and it keeps me away from thinking about things I don't want to think about. So that's why I kind of get into that. They kind of uh, changed the practice schedule a little for tomorrow. Did they? Not much though. It yeah. starts at ten fifteen. Oh, that's okay. about what it was anyway. All right. Uh, but uh, yeah, I've. I, I if I'm not lying down. I'll be sitting at a table like I am now with the book on the sure. table. Sure. I I do not like sitting in a chair and holding the book in yeah. front. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to devise a thing. I'm going to come up with a thing where you can put your book on it when you sit in a like chair. Like a stand? And, yeah, yeah, not a tray, but like kind of there. It holds it vertically? Yeah, yeah. Um, I just did, I finished another book. It, 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 it's called The President's Best Friends, you know. It, okay. it's It It was Lincoln. Um, hmm. it, though it, it so was, you read historical stuff. Well, I, I do enjoy that. I do enjoy that. Um, but the next book I'm going to read. and This it, is Jeff Ryan's reading book? Yeah. Reading list it's going to be Tom Brady's book. Oh yeah, yeah. I've got it sitting there. I'm gonna. That should take. That should be pretty much done Thanksgiving Day. Yeah, <laughs> that's a yeah. quick read. Um, yeah, I, I'm the guy now. I go to the library to get, um, audio books. Sure. Because I like to listen to audio books mm-hmm. in my car. Yeah. Uh, and they're they're expensive if you want to buy them, but you can go to the library and there's sure. hundreds of them. Well, just so you know, I'm not buying my books. I so, didn't think you were. Yeah, I'm just everybody. When you're saying how expensive books are, I was talking about audio books, but books are expensive too. Um, no, the public library is awesome. The public library is awesome, and you can get all the new only books. problem is if a book is popular mm-hmm. and they don't have enough copies. Like Got I've been wait. trying to read this <laughs> science fiction book by a Chinese writer named The Three Body Problem mm-hmm. for months now, and I got it. And I had, it was on a waiting list, and I got it, and then uh, it was overdue, yeah. and so I thought, okay, I'm going to the library. I'll take it back, and I'll check it in and check it back out. Yeah. Bad, I- bad idea. Can't do it. Because you can do it if nobody's waiting for it. Yeah. But, but they wouldn't let me rent it again nope. because it was on yep. a waiting list. So. Yep. And yep. I have not been able to recover it since. I've been trying to get the audiobook there. download. Anyway, I go to the library to get audiobooks mostly, but I'll sometimes pick up a, a, a book, sure. fiction. I read fiction and, and mostly science fiction, mm-hmm. and I'll bring it home, and it'll sit there for three weeks, and then I'll take it back. Yeah, no. I can't. just you got to make time. But you know what? It's you not going to happen during the season. Yeah, but, but you know, during the bye week, that was a week of, that was a week of recharging. So that's, that's, that's why so I So, Colin, that. the that's answer why. to your question is he sits up. Yes. He doesn't lie down when he reads. Nope. And I don't know what else. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I've read sometimes that when you read, especially if you're reading quickly, uh-huh. sometimes you don't even really, you don't realize this, but you don't read the whole sentence. Yeah. You read like the beginning and the end and put it together in your head. Yeah. I, no, I, I don't know if you knew that. Yeah. Sometimes I'll have to go back because I'll, I'll read something and go, who was that person? And I'll go oh. back or I'll go, no, no, that doesn't make sense. He, he said this and I'll go back and yeah. go, okay. By All the right. way, if, you are, if you're into listening or you think the idea of listening to audiobooks in your car is a good idea, yeah. let me recommend that you get stuff that's not too deep. Ah. Uh, because if you're, 
if you're doing like some kind of murder mystery or something sure. and you miss a little bit of it, it's mm-hmm. fine. But yeah. if you're listening to something that's kind of complicated or you need to pay strict attention yeah. and you realize you haven't been paying attention for the last few minutes, that doesn't really work on audiobooks. At all. So don't listen to anything really complicated or deep. Get, right. get, get yourself some pulpy stuff. All right. Um, so very good. That's my advice to finish this podcast. I appreciate it. It was fun. I want to say thanks to Beef O'Brady's. Uh, if you tuned into this broadcast, of course, we've talked about this before. We're a couple of classics, and uh, so is Beef O'Brady's because they got wings, nachos, Angus burgers, beer. You can put them all together, and you're going to get Beef O'Brady's. And of course, Sunday is tailgating time. Try beefs to go or full on catering. Beef O'Brady's, where game time meets tailgating time. And happy Thanksgiving to you. Wings on Thanksgiving. Wings on Thanksgiving. Oh, that could be a song. Wings on Thanksgiving. Just a suggestion. Since you did, thanks for listening.